would be aware <coughs> that the new year, Islam, new year has begun. Month of Muharram has started. New year has started. These are things that we should be aware of. Because our deen, a very important part of it is the times. Everything is linked to time. The cycle of the months and the years, this is something Allah Ta'ala mentions in the Quran Sharif. That the number of months in the year, these are 12 months. And this is the system Allah Ta'ala has put in place, not from the time that the Quran Sharif was revealed, but from the time that the heavens and the earth were created, this universe was brought into existence, Allah created the system. Then our ibadats are all fixed in times. Hajj, so Hajj is in Zulhijjah. The month of Ramadan is in the month of Ramadan. It cannot be just done anytime, anywhere. And together with that, all the various other ibadats, a person's zakat, when the year has passed, 12 months have passed, 12 lunar months. <coughs> so then that zakat will become compulsory to be discharged. And then as far as every day is concerned, in the five salah are fixed in times. In the salat kanat alamina kitabam mawkuta. They are fixed times. So there's a very important aspect of time. But the time Time as has been fixed in terms of what the calendar that Islam has given us. That is the lunar calendar. The 12 months of the Islamic year. We are very well acquainted with the year in terms of the English years as we call them. But that is out of sheer necessity that a person has to know now, okay, what's the date? But his date is the date that is linked to his deen. So he should know what is the Islamic date. On any day, somebody asks him, he should know what date of, of the year it is. Sometimes you don't even know what month of the year it is. So one is that we should be acquainted with this. This is identifying ourselves with our deen, with what relates to deen. Then the month of Muharram itself, is among the Ashkuri Hurum, the sacred months. In the same ayat, Allah Ta'ala says, Minha Arbaatun Hurum, Dalika Dinul Qayyim, Fala Tazulimu Fihinna Anfusatun. There are four months which are sacred. Muharram is one of those sacred months. Zul Qada, Zul Hijjah, Muharram, and the month of Rajab. Allah Ta'ala says regarding these four sacred months, فَلَا تَغْلِمُوا فِيهِنَّ أَنفُسَكُمْ Don't oppress yourselves in these months. So does it mean that in these four months, a person should not commit any sin, but the rest of the year he is free to do what he wants? Obviously, that's not what's meant. But when something has a special virtue, it requires additional respect and honor. The month of Ramadan, we understand that this is the greatest month. So this has a very high position. So therefore, 
it requires that kind of respect also. And a person has to be that much more conscious in the month of Ramadan. So while the month of Muharram is not on the same position, but Allah Ta'ala has given it some special virtue. So that special virtue has to be respected. Allah Ta'ala is saying in the Quran Sharif, Don't oppress yourself in these months, meaning be more conscious. If you are 100% conscious in other months, be 110% conscious. Maybe 150% conscious now. So doing something virtuous, something good, in a month that has more virtue, that will be, the reward will be multiplied. In the month of Muharram, a person fasts on any day, the whole month, any day. One fast is multiplied 30 times, like fasting for one month. So he fasted one fast, he kept one fast, he's getting the reward of the fast of one month. Because this time has that virtue, so when that virtue is in the time, the amal of that time also are more virtuous. Any amal. Fasting in particular has been mentioned. But then the opposite also applies. Like a person goes to Makkah he goes to the Haram Sharif, one good deed multiplied 100,000. But then one sin is also multiplied accordingly. Because the place demands that respect. Of the person is still being unconcerned, careless, not bothered what he does, when he does it. So one is the wrong, and then the wrong in a special time. That makes that wrong even more worse. A time that deserved more respect. He showing even lesser regard for that. Like he couldn't be concerned about it, not bothered. That makes it even worse, that multiplies the sin also. So the same applies with these Mubarak months, that the good deeds, one fast multiplied by 30, the wrongs and the sins also get multiplied. And then these sins become a means of blocking many things. So therefore this is a very important thing to bear in mind. That the person has to be more conscious in this time. Then in this month, there is a very virtuous occasion, occasion of the 10th of Muharram. In terms of the virtue of that day, fasting on that day, Nabi Islam says that it compensates for the minor sins of the whole year that has passed. Now many a time you hear about this compensation of the minor sins, etc. But it is something that we just take for granted. Fine. And especially when we start hearing the word minor come in, this is merely just to make us understand that the major sin a person has to make sincere toba. Otherwise, no sin in itself is minor. The minor sin, the only way that we probably can make it understandable is that maybe a minor sin is like a smallish snake, maybe two, three meters long. And the major sin, it's like that huge python maybe and very venomous also. So now a person says, well, this is a small snake, only two meters long. Fine, play with this one. Or a major sin is like, like an explosion. Minor sin, maybe like a burning charcoal. The burning charcoal, put in your pocket. Not a problem. 
any sane person, any thinking person understands that the same harm that that explosion can create, it will burn everything down. This too can do the same thing, it will burn it, maybe that will take one second, one minute to burn. This might take one hour, but the end result will become the same. So now, this is a very dangerous thing, any sin is dangerous. On such an occasion, the beast last one is saying, the reward is, the virtue is that it would compensate for the minor sins, get the minor sins forgiven. This is not a minor thing, this is a very big virtue. That these things get cleared out of a person's system, many a times these become the blockages. Blockages to many, many good things. Sins. Sins block out many things that Allah Ta'ala is descending for the person. The hadith, it comes sometimes, a person's risk is descend, being descended. And he commits a sin, it is taken away. It was coming for him. He blocked it with his sin. Stop coming now. So now if that good is not going to come, it leaves the door wide open for the evil. So the good, many good things are coming in a person's direction. But he has blocked it. He has closed the doors to it coming. The doors are the sins. Now these become occasions to clear out these obstacles. But that is also something to try. Allah give tawfiq, that a person fasts on that day. Then there is a very, very important lesson on the 10th of Muharram. Rasulullah <coughs> when he came to Medina Munawwara, he was already accustomed to keeping this fast even before coming to Madinah Munawwara, before making hijrat. When he came to Madinah Munawwara, the Sahaba came to Nabi Wasallam and brought it to his attention and his notice that even the Jews are fasting on this day. So they brought this as a cause of concern. Now the question is, but why would this concern them? The Jews are fasting, they're fasting. This is something that Nabi Islam was doing from before time, before coming to Madinah Manawara. But the reason for them coming was that this was so deeply embedded in their hearts. The lesson was so deep down in their hearts, which Nabi Islam had implanted in it, that we should not resemble the Yahud and Nasara in any way. Our resemblance must never be with them. Now, as soon as they saw this outward resemblance, that this particular day we are fasting as a special day, they are also fasting. Are we not resembling them now? Whereas this wasn't done to resemble them. It wasn't taken from them. That because they are doing it, we are also doing it. This was the virtue Allah Ta'ala blessed Nabi Salaam with. Nabi Salaam inquired from them, why are you doing it? Why did you fast on this day? So number one they gave the answer, well the answer they gave was that Musa salam, the Bani Israel, Allah Ta'ala gave them najat, Allah Ta'ala saved them from the clutches of Firaun on this day. It was the 10th of Muharram. On the 10th of Muharram, they were saved from this tyranny of Firaun. And Firaun and his army was all crushed and destroyed. So as a note of gratitude, express our gratitude to Allah Ta'ala, we fast on this day. 
Rasulullah replied and said that we are more worthy and closer to Musa than you. Meaning if you are doing this out of gratitude, we are more worthy of showing this gratitude. Now what is the big lesson in this? The lesson of gratitude, of being thankful, being grateful. Obviously, we can spend our whole life making shukar for one ni'mat, we can't fulfill the rights of that shukar. Allah alone is the giver of everything. But in the world, there is a system. Allah Ta'ala gives by means. Allah Ta'ala wants that we should be grateful to that means. <coughs> Therefore, Nabi Islam says, Man lam nas, lam The person who is not grateful to Allah Ta'ala, not grateful to people, he hasn't been grateful to Allah Ta'ala also. Now, in the order of gratitude, there is nobody more worthy of that gratitude in people than our parents. That is the order of gratitude. That nobody has more rights over a person than his own parents. And in that order also, the rights of the mother in terms of service, khidmat, etc. That is greater than even the father also. Three times greater ideas. But with the type of life that the Western world needs and the influence that they pass on to others and which we get influenced on also, as life goes on, as a person moves on in life, one is the time when he is in need, then he takes all the favors of his parents and then when now he's come to a certain age in the Western world, then he was, Mother's Day will come, then he must go and take one bunch of roses for his mother. That he's fulfilled her rights, maybe one, one present or something. And Father's Day will come, then he will go visit his father. And the rest of the year, whether he knows whether they are existing or not, too, doesn't matter. He must live his life, and they will live their life. That's the system out there in the Western world. That one day in the year was, was created to appease themselves. That this, well, I did my duty now. Whereas in Islam, there is no such thing as Mother's Day and Father's Day because every day is Mother's Day and Father's Day. In terms of the respect, in terms of khidmat, in terms of going out of one's way to do what he can for his parents. Every day. And if he is not physically <coughs> able to do anything for them, he is not present there where he can do something for them, then he will never forget them in his du'as. Without fail, every day he will make du'a for them. There won't be any day that he will forget them. Because that's their right. The Quran Sharif taught him that. Rabbir hamhuma kama rabbayani sahira. Allah have mercy on me as they had mercy on me when I was a little baby, a little child. I could do nothing for myself. They did everything for me. So now the Quran Sharif is teaching him, make dua for them all the time. Not just as a routine, sincerely, deeply from the heart. So the greatest favor that anybody has done to any human being in dunya are his own parents. He can never fulfill their rights. As much as he will do it, it will be still short. Then, after the parents come these spiritual parents. Now this is the lesson of shukr that we've been taught on these occasions. 
So just as Nabi Islam said, we are more worthy of Musa salam than you, so therefore we will fast out of gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. He's teaching us a lesson of shukr. So one is our parents, then the spiritual parents. The spiritual parents are all those who taught us deen, who connected us to deen. And it starts off right from those who taught us the very elementary aspects of deen. Even Alif Bata, somebody taught us. Somebody taught us how to make wuzu someday. Maybe in Maktab days, whoever it was. They laid the foundation. Many a times, as we go past in life, we even forget who those personalities were, those people were who taught us the fundamentals of deen. Like they don't feature in our lives. Like they never existed. We just came flying over and just suddenly we, as we grew up, we just suddenly from five years old, we just suddenly came away. Started learning tafsir and hadith and everything, whatever else. We became hafiz overnight. They laid the foundation. We have to be expressing that gratitude to them and we'll be indebted to them for our whole life. There won't be any stage of life that now we've done over with that. We have to consciously, we have to keep this in mind. And from time to time, express that gratitude to them as well. Remember them in our du'as daily. That is part of the gratitude. Allah Ta'ala is they might not even know you made du'a for them. Allah Ta'ala is aware that you are being grateful. And one of the ways of this gratitude is you making du'a for them. And then whoever taught us deen, so to be respectful to that ustad, to not just be respectful outwardly, from the heart, with sincerity, as part of gratitude also. To treat the ustad in a way that is befitting. Sometimes we just take it for granted. Maybe the ustad might be young sometimes, or he might be somebody who is not very stern most very firm. So now some try to take advantage of the situation. Some might even go about conducting themselves in such a way which is against the etiquette and respect of the Ustad. They even granted. Whereas that is against even this as one is respect, that's now compromising respect and this gratitude. And then people in general, somebody has done us some favor, somebody whatever has helped us in some way, somebody has helped us to just understand one particular thing we got stuck with, somebody in whichever way they helped us out, we should be grateful for it. Deen teaches us gratitude. So what is this lesson of gratitude? To be grateful. We said we fast also, this is our right of being grateful. But then there was a second aspect to this. Islam said that next year, if I am alive, I will fast on the 9th as well, not only on the 10th. And to the Sahaba, he said to them, you also fast. We are not fasting because of the Yahud. We didn't even know they fasting. So we are not doing this out of emulating them, imitating them. We are fasting for the virtue of it. But Allah Ta'ala has placed in it. But you fast on the day of Ashura, but fast one day before it as well. 
او ون ڈے آفٹرورڈس سومو یومن قبل ہو او یومن بعد وائی دو وی ناٹ فاسٹنگ بیکاز آف دیم وی اسٹل ڈونٹ وانٹ ٹو کیپ دیٹ آؤٹ ٹو ریزمبلنس بریک دیٹ بریک دیٹ آؤٹ ٹو ریزمبلنس آلسو سو ناؤ یو فاسٹنگ ٹو ڈیز دے فاسٹنگ ون ڈے یو ناٹ ریزمبلنگ دیم اینی مور Now this is a very very big lesson and this is not the lesson only on this occasion Nabi Islam gave this lesson on many many occasions the, okay, the lesson of opposing the ways of the Yahud and Nasara Now when will this become possible that a person opposes the ways of the Yahud and Nasara obviously one is not just opposing that and doing nothing it is to adopt the sunnah in our lives adopt the way of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and not the ways of the yahud and nasara but where this comes from it starts off with it starts off with admiration thinking good about it person gets impressed with it from admiration it comes to emulation he starts admiring it first then he starts taking it one thing at a time one after the other all those things are coming in now person mashallah is in madrasa so he's dressing in a certain way but now suddenly it becomes holiday time it suddenly becomes a weekend he's gone home maybe does his dressing remain the same or it suddenly changes it becomes something else from a distance you can't make out this person is in a madrasa or he's even a hafiz or he's learning quran sharif Now why that change happens? What's the reason? It's Eid day when the person is dressed maybe in a certain way. Now he's going to some cousin's wedding. Now you don't know whether he's coming from, where he's coming from, which part of the world he's coming from. Whether he's some kind of playboy or what he is, Allah knows. Why that happened? So he was doing something, suddenly he left it out. and put something else in its place what he left out and what is he putting in its place he was wearing the type of dressing that resembles the dressing of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam suddenly now he found his so called occasion you know no 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 billah this is not good enough for me i need to have something else now that something else is coming from where that something else is coming from the those who are opposing nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam So now he's keeping this aside to take what to take the ways of the enemies of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Can we see what a what a major thing this is? He is dressing in a certain way the whole week, the whole term, maybe the whole year also. Suddenly he is now out of this environment, out of madrasa, whatever. So now this is not good enough for him. Now this has to be replaced with something. Or now he's over with his hips, he's gone back in whatever other aspect of life he wants to do now. So now he suddenly puts this behind him. Puts what behind him? Puts the way of Rasulullah sallallahu behind him. And he's embracing what? Embracing the ways of the Yahud and Nasara. It starts off from where? It starts off from this admiration. And what? who is used for creating this kind of admiration 
They are created. These people are put into that situation that they become so-called stars, or falling stars. Whether it's via the sports, so now the person starts following that sporting hero of his. He's following the sporting hero, not just on the field, but that person's lifestyle becomes an attraction for him. You see some youngsters, now they following some sporting hero. They're following a sporting hero, zero there in reality, but they are called heroes or whatever because they can run with one ball on the field. That's a skill now. Something very, very admirable. Can run with one ball on the field and dribble past two people and kick in between some two posts. That's a very, very great skill. Such a great skill, people spend half their lives watching this. Such futility. But now, Shaitan wraps the person's mind up, can't think clearly. Now that becomes a matter of admiration. So now he started admiring him about his so-called skill. But then, you see him is wearing that kind of jersey now, walking around with it, that number, that silly kind of name also. Now he's proud about it. So what is this? He's admiring that person now. Then his hairstyle also following the same. And he wants to now even go about his life the way that person lives his life. So that shameless manner, that shameless kind of talk. I started off with that admiration of that so-called futile skill. But where it's translating itself into every aspect of his life now. But it's taking up something else. What is it taking up? Every sunnah out of this person's life is now going behind. The chance of now emulating Nabi Islam are getting further away. So can you imagine what? What is the comparison? Taking what and leaving what? There's one incident which you might have heard many times, but a very great ibrat nevertheless about this one person, one mother had written to an alim in England and her question was or rather one wife had asked about her husband that what is the position, did he die as a Muslim or not? That was the question. How can anybody really make a judgment on that? If he lived as a Muslim, then you'll hope that he passed away as a Muslim. But nevertheless now something went in doubt that his end, did it mean that at his end he lost his Iman or was his Iman still there? And why is he asking the question? It was a long story, but just to cut it short, this person was a football fanatic. And all the time behind that particular, whatever that team is doing, and that particular player, what is his scores and what he's doing and how he did, that was his passion. All the time following this. In any case, he got very, very sick. Suddenly got very sick, admitted into hospital. And now in the hospital also, he's glued to that television now, watching whatever that match is or following. The, that's even in that condition too, this is Eventually he was quite ill. One day he suddenly sat up on the bed and he started shouting aloud. Nurses also came running to see what's going on. When he sat up, he started shouting out the name of that football player. And saying, I love so-and-so, whatever the person's name was. 
and repeatedly shouting that. And he shouted that a few times and he passed away. He's taking that disbeliever's name and over and over again, four or five times, he's taking his name, shouting aloud, I love so and so. And he shouted that four or five times and he passed away. His life came out, his ruh came out at that moment. Now this wife or mother it was, perhaps his wife, she was there at that time, she witnessed this whole thing. Now she is shocked at what happened. That how this person now met his end, his last moment of life, he's shouting that I love this disbeliever. This kafir, this disbeliever, I love him. Now she is concerned, did he leave with the iman or what he left with? Now can we see how dangerous this can become? This admiration, it seems like, no, it's just a plaything now. Person is following the scores all the time and he's so enthralled about it. But following what? Has he followed what the sunnahs of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi If he find out, if he check up open, I'm eating every day, I'm eating according to the sunnah or not? I'm sleeping every day, I'm sleeping in the sunnah man or not? All simple day-to-day things, very, very easy, simple day-to-day things. Have I made the effort to learn? Am I... And check, one is to learn it, mashallah, we're doing adab every day, we're hearing some adab, revising it, but reflecting, am I doing it correctly? But where does that concern die off about the sunnah? To the extent that this admiration and this following of all these kind of sports stars and all these falling stars and these zeros, who they call heroes, the more the person becomes very, very... Uh, caught up with all this and trapped in all this and the more he's following all these things the more the concern for the sunnah dies because these two things are it's day and night can't be at the same time day and night now he's bringing the darkness and the zulmat in to the extent that this zulmat and darkness will come in to that extent the light will go further away so therefore this is a very important lesson that we learn on this occasion. Allah Allah give us tawfiq. It's not first, it's not wajib. We fast on that 9th and 10th of Muharram. It's the time to reflect also. They are fasting on the 9th as well. Why? So now what decision I'm making in my life now today regarding this part. If there is this emulation for the disbelievers, I need to make that decision. This is something I need to close out of my life. The so-called sports stars and all these futile things. I need to get this out of my system so that my heart will become more inclined towards the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Allah Taala give us tawfiq.